0: Welcome to Backboard Banter on the Board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner where the banter's is as ferocious as Davion Mitchell in the Summer League, bro. I know there were co-MVPs, but you gotta give it to the champs, right? Matt, I was talking about him on draft night. Apparently
1: the Sacramento Kings finally make a good decision. We'll see if it can transition into actual NBA basketball, but the Sacramento Kings champions of something right now amazing
0: it's a little weird i mean with the pelicans also being undefeated but you you said that they scored more points so the nba is about points that's my guess yeah man i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think they actually did a really good job drafting davion because he's definitely more of a of a three and d kind of player which is going to complement a scoring guard like deandre fox or deandre right yeah, a lot better than than some other. De'Aaron, ah, oh, see, I thought it was De'Aaron. Yeah. Uh-uh. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but yeah, Sacramento, a- NBA Summer League N- uh, champions. So you were a little wrong. You didn't get you didn't get the Heat, or I mean the the Heat from Jalen Green.
1: Look, look, injuries, man, injuries all the time. They keep getting into me. We saw Jalen Green miss out. We saw. Was it Cade also? No, it was the other Jalen. It was Jalen Suggs who also sprained his wrist, I believe. So sadly, of course, the Rockets weren't able to turn their heat on and and win and go all the way. Yeah. But it happens. You were right. We got the W against them. We absolutely smashed them that night. Like, we're going to have to roll around to Summer League, talk about the Raps, because, I mean, I personally saw a lot of awesome things. I was really excited. Yeah, man. From the opportunities that might, you know, go into the rest of the season. But at the end of the day... I watched more Summer League than I have before, and I guess that's what happens when your team transitions into a tiny bit of a rebuild, even though, as you've been saying, Matt, we're still going to be
0: competitive. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to be competitive. I think we're going to be on the, the outside of that playoff bracket, um, just on the cusp of it. So we'll definitely be in that play-in tournament. But, yeah, it, it was really nice to see the, the Raptors get some good dubs in the Summer League. At four and one, unofficially the fifth uh, overall team in, in Summer League. Not bad for uh going through that minor rebuild like you said Scotty Barnes, Malachi Flynn, Precious Achiwa, We we had some good good players popping. But man, I think we got to talk about just a little bit about the NHL first. I will never take
1: you away from your hockey, Matt. I love talking about it. There's some crazy things going
0: on, right? Like how can we not not discuss it? Yeah, we'll go with a little bit of a of a tamer subject to start with the NHL signings. Joe Thornton going to Florida. Um, that's a little bit of a weird one. He's leaving the Toronto Maple Leafs for a division rival. I guess the taxes are better down in Florida. No state tax, so he's actually going to bank all $750,000 that he's playing for, as opposed to Toronto, where a lot of it goes into the government. Classic uh,
1: Canadian problem that all of the teams deal with, being like, hey, come, come to our organizations. We love you. We'll take care of you. And they're like, but all of those taxes, that's why, Matt, that's why I love Alberta, that's why I love Calgary. I don't have to pay any PST. Let's go...
0: Yeah, um, apparently the Ontario government's thinking about getting rid of the HST tax as well. I don't know about that. We'll see how it all goes. Crazy. Um, Absolutely wild. But it it is a big reason why American teams can can poach players really well. It's a a known fact out there that NHL players don't want to necessarily come to Canada and and pay the tax that they'd have to otherwise. Um, So it's kind of holding their free agencies back. Um, U.C. Saros. This one was a no-brainer. Going back to Nashville gets a little bit of an expensive contract. He's been a good backup for years. Never really kind of was the starter. Split it with Pekka last year and Pekka's last season. But we'll see how it turns out. Four years at twenty million dollars. Not bad.
1: Can't, I like it. Can't, can't complain, right? That's that's money, right?
0: It is. Yes. What it is. And you need goalies, right? That's that's what the NHL has proven time and time again. Uh, Montreal proved it again on their improbable run to the Stanley Cup final that if a goalie can get hot, anything can happen. Um, I also like the fact that 80% of the NHL players are for vaccines and are for reprimanding the non-vaccinated players. Um, Yeah, it's a good portion of them, so that's that's really exciting to see. They're potentially not going to pay them if they miss games, which I think is totally fair. You have the option of getting a vaccine and of avoiding severe health symptoms and spreading of COVID, then you should not make hundreds of thousands of dollars on a game check that you could have played in had you got the vaccine,
1: you know? It's, yeah, it's not that great. Obviously, there's there's other reasons, there's other things for people not getting the vaccines that you and I cannot understand that are not things that are a part of our lives. But at the end of the day, like, this is a global effort like, all you have to do is look at history, look at facts, think about the number of diseases that we have eradicated as a species because of, Matt, vaccines. you guessed it, vaccines, right? Like, just just get yeah. her
0: done. Just get her done. Get her done. Let's go. Um, we, can, we can move on from that to a funnier subject, because the New York fans, man, they bought a billboard out in Buffalo trying <laughs> to get Jack Eichel to come out. That is absolutely classic i love that the new york fans are just trying to will him out of buffalo apparently talks are going really 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 silent and he is not going to be um allowed to bully the buffalo sabers into trading him apparently the management has has stuck to what they want for him and they're not going to let him go unless they get that price
1: so we'll see what happens they're in a weird place right now right like We're not sure if the trade is going to happen. Matt, you talked about the fact that Owen Powers is going back to Michigan. So, like, Austin, my boy, I'm so sorry for you. Things are weird up in Buffalo, down in Buffalo, I guess.
0: Yeah, he is, like, the first player in a very long time to decide not to come to the NHL after being the first overall draft pick. Um not even a you know go to any rookie camps because well actually the ncaa is changing that rule i wonder how it works now if they can (laughs) sign professional contracts and still play um that'd be something interesting to read up on i should have done that beforehand but yeah yeah, man all
1: good (laughs) owen
0: powers going back to michigan staying out of the the ship fire that is uh the buffalo (laughs) sabers um We'll see. I I think he's a good player. I think he should be going to the NHL as opposed to going to Michigan, where he already dominated. He's not going to get as much of a development down there, but that's his choice. It's, it's his. We'll see how it plans out, right? I mean, my question is, as someone who doesn't really know, as someone who doesn't
1: really pay attention to ho- to like enough hockey at the younger stages, like is he going back to potentially win a? a college title potentially. Cause I don't know how much COVID affected certain things. And if there were things that got shut down and weren't able to play. So obviously that's an opportunity that maybe he's like, Oh, NHL opportunity going to play for a mad team going back to college and, you know, still developing, getting a little bit older and, you know, the opportunity is still going to be there for him. Like, that's my question.
0: Well, they had two of the top five draft picks in this uh, draft. Uh, Michigan did, and they had some really good first rounders. Um, they're quite a stacked team, so that might be it. They they were in um, the college playoffs this year. like They did uh, the NCAA hockey finals and everything. Okay. Uh, it all happened, so there wasn't any kind of COVID-related shutdown because of that. It was a little bit skewed because you, with protocols and some players Always being healthy and, and everything. Yeah, exactly. But maybe he's going back for that Hobie Baker award. Um, you know what? Cole Caulfield had a great... Uh, rookie season in the NCAA was fabulous, uh, over a point per game player, and then went back for a second year, won the Hobie Baker, and, and looked to show out with Montreal. So maybe Owen Powers is trying to follow in that footsteps. Who knows? I mean, hey, Buffalo might be better in a year's time. It's possible. Maybe.
1: Maybe. maybe. That's the thing. We're not going to say that they will be, but it's possible.
0: Yeah, who knows when they're getting rid of guys like Sam Reinhart and Rasmus Ristolainen? Uh, it's just it's interesting to see that they might hold on to Jack Eichel and keep him on this bad bad roster, even though his entire career they've been a bad roster. Unlike the guy who was drafted the next year in Austin Matthews, he got to go to Toronto with that stacked lineup of talent <sighs> that they've amassed. Um, He's going to be your cover athlete for 2022 NHL. It's the second time on the cover for the kid in his short, young NHL career. Um, Yeah, I can see you looking at me like, what? Are you serious? Yeah, he was on his second year in the league. He was the cover athlete. And now again, he'll be the cover athlete. It goes to show you that Toronto fans, you know, really push the market in in the NHL and push all those (laughs) advertising dollars. So I mean, they
1: they definitely pushed it enough cuz my dad knows about him and cares enough about Austin Matthews and he knows about like two hockey players in the whole world like you know that. So <laughs> good for him. Didn't he just have surgery? Isn't the guy like going to be up for fixed, a
0: while? Yeah, he fixed his wrist. Um so hopefully he'll come back and be able to hold up for the entire season. He missed some games with with a wrist injury. He's he's had it nagging for a few years. So hopefully that clears up and and he'll be all good and and the cover pictures and photos didn't really re-aggravate it in any way.
1: There's, there's no uh, you know two, uh, NHL cover curse like there kind of is in 2K? Nah,
0: no, there's no real cover curse. Uh, it's it's not as, as individualized, right, the NHL, whereas the NBA, when you get that one athlete on the cover, he is normally his team, so it, it definitely holds them back a little bit more in the NBA. I mean, 2K's really been trying to change it up with having multiple
1: cover athletes with the different styles, but 2K22 is Luca, and like as it came out, it was just around the time when he got his hand injury in the Olympic playoffs. I'm not, I'm not starting any conspiracies here, but I'm just saying, Matt.
0: Oh man, don't curse players like that. That's not good. <laughs> uh, the last thing about NHL news, I'm gonna skip over that because I don't want to talk about curses. We ain't putting anything on anybody, man. I ain't trying to do that. Yes. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the is the jerseys they're going to put ads on jerseys starting 2022 2023 Uh, i don't know if i'm going to like that if you've seen uh european leagues they've got more advertisements on their jerseys than uh actual logo size so it's interesting it's a good way to recapture revenue if they keep it simple right and
1: they, they gain some profits out of it if they if they don't try to like blow it up and make it the face obviously then I, I think it's a good decision add some money to the league add some money to hopefully the pockets of more players because the, the thing I've realized about like the NBA for example and and the profits that certain players are making is that the guys on the DL the, the lower down players they get an opportunity to make more money when, that, when the stars are making tons of money so that's where I try to remember to think about is the low end
0: amount of money that they'll be making yeah definitely man the the lower you are in the league the more you want the escrow to go go up so the advertisement revenue is going to help pop that um and especially kind of counteract what the past couple years of covid's been doing uh so it's good for them to get some money back i think that's really what the driving force was because it's been in talks for for years now about getting ads on jerseys but they've just always pushed back against it you know when you're in a tough financial position you do kind of crazy things so I mean, the world's in a crazy place, right?
1: Everyone just is trying to get money back, trying to bring those profits back up, and time will tell, you know. If they don't make it awful, again, I got, I'm got i all for it at the end of the day. If it's, you know, a couple logos, tiny little things, things that aren't on the forefront that, like,
0: super draw your eye, then, yeah, why not? Yeah, logos on the helmets this year were a little weird to me, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, got, I got pretty used to it by uh, mid-season, and Marissa didn't even realize that they had never done that before, so... There you go. Yeah, that's it. They get
1: the cl- they get like the classic um cat not casual cuz no way is Marissa ever a casual fan. Uh but they get like the you know the the everyday fan who doesn't know every little thing that are just like, "Oh yeah, sure. That's cool."
0: Yeah. It's it's totally fine. But I think we're good to to move on from the NHL man. That's really about all the massive topics that came out this week. I know tons and tons of content, right?
1: Yeah,
0: oh, my gosh. This man, I mean, I
1: know there's more that you can always talk about with hockey. You love to speculate, but you try not to to do too much to me, which I appreciate. You know, I appreciate because I am a real basketball fan over here, Matt. And before we get into, like, this trade market and some of the crazy things I, that I've seen, I have to bring up the honest because the man is living his best life from, you know, way back in the day, the... The, the videos of him Instagram live and going to Chick-fil-A and being swarmed right after the championship, to him now in Greece living his best life off the grid with his family, but you know, people are still catching photos and things of him with his trophies in Greece, like, I'm pumped and still am that Giannis Antetokounmpo is an NBA champion
0: Ah, uh, it's absolutely so satisfying to see a guy who's worked so hard to get there just enjoy the summer, uh, it's crazy to me that uh the player polls came out and the exec polls came out and he's only tied with Kevin Durant as the NBA's best player you can make the argument that uh obviously Katie's got more skill but hey man who's got the current finals MVP and championship ring right now that's Yanni I mean I'm trying to I'm trying to think back Matt to last year when
1: the polls were coming out of who was you know the best player in the league and Kevin Durant was, I think, third, fourth because, you know, the injury, and Giannis was, I can't remember if he was first or second, but LeBron was up there because he had just won a title. So it's like, like, where are you guys going to lie? Like, where is the media going to sit? We need some consistency here, guys. Come on.
0: Uh, they're all about who won that last championship, man. That's all they're about.
1: So true. But, man, I had to bring that up quickly. We can roll into the trade market now because... Eric Bledsoe is now a member of the Clippers, and I don't know how to feel about it exactly. The trade was pretty big. You know, Pat Bev, Rondo, and Daniel Oturo. I think I'm saying your name right. Sorry, bro. Uh, they're heading um,
0: to the Grizzlies. Is that it? Yes. Did the Grizzlies have Bledsoe? I could never always remember. Yeah, because cause the Pelicans traded him uh, for Jonas Valanciunas. Oh. I mean, in a host of player deals, remember? So the he's going to the they're going <laughs> to the Grizz. Right, right, yes, thank you And for me it's just funny because, you know, Pat Bev's coming of the next
1: five years or mine Is really aging poorly Considering he's now moved again to another team And, like, Jared Culver getting, you know Being the main piece for the Minnesota Timberwolves to move him around Really interesting, you know, I liked Jared Culver in the draft a couple years ago And for the Timberwolves to, you know, trade up for their pick And then to turn it into Pat Bev I mean, you know how I feel about Pat Bev
0: yeah, he's, he's pretty mediocre, man. Uh, and he's he's a sore loser pushing uh, CP3 from behind like that. I don't necessarily like the trade if I'm the Clippers. Uh, I like Bledsoe as a player, and I think he's probably a better guard overall than Papev or uh, Rayshon Rondo. But those guys both provide different aspects to a team and I don't think Bledsoe kind of makes up for that in any one way. He's not a stout defender by any means. I mean, that's why they had to get him out of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why he was part of that Drew Holiday trade. Yes, he can give you buckets, but he's known to be kind of a a shrinker in the playoffs. So, his playoff buckets and you're trying to win a championship go down. I he's not the assist man Rajon Rondo is, and Rajon Rondo in the playoffs is a different animal. So, to me, I think, I think the Grizz won the trade, even though they're stacking these old guards behind John ja Morant, which is a little weird to me. I just think it, I think it was a really weird exchange. I did not I see it coming.
1: I also agree. I don't know if it came out of left field. There's rumors I've heard about you know locker room troubles, and if it gives the Clippers a reset and allows them to live the Paul George Kawhi life, right in a different way of getting some other aged vets that have lived their lives that have. You know, I mean, Rondo's won championships. Pat Bev likes to think he's won championships, but, you know, that's not his life. Like, it could be a good reset for the Clippers, but you're right. The Grizzlies, I don't know what they're thinking. They got Jaw. Jaw's fantastic. He's amazing. Maybe aged veterans around him will will give him more of an opportunity to have some learning. But at the end of the day, the Timberwolves, I think, taken elves taken elves really hard at the end of this. Like, as much as Jared Culver was not the right player for them... Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, I kind of liked. He was a good little, or a good tall player, actually. And for them to end up with a, a Pat Bev, who obviously I think has no interest in playing for the Timberwolves, unless the Timberwolves have some kind of trades in their back pockets to give Cats some hope, you know, to being better. Like, I, I just don't see what's happening. I think some teams maybe were just looking to be a part of free agency, wanted to make some moves, but I don't know. This one still confuses me, man. Yeah,
0: that is is very, very true. Um, I just... It's astounding to me that, you know, those 2018-19 Los Angeles Clippers that everybody loved because they went 48-34 and 34 and they took the fully-loaded Golden State Warriors to seven games and they had that, you know, dog-hungry roster with built around Beverly, Shea Gildress Alexander, Tobias Harris, Boban. Wow. They had... So many different players Landry Shamet, Lou Williams, Ivan Zubak. I don't, there's absolutely only one player left from that roster on the current LA Clippers roster, and that would be Ivan Zubak.
1: That's crazy, since didn't they have to trade Zubaks from the Lakers? Yeah, they fleeced well? so him from the Lakers.
0: Yeah. Mm,
1: so, crazy.
0: Absolutely wild that they don't have. Any of those players anymore? That team that Kawhi joined and left the Raptors for is all but obliterated. Insane. I mean, I, I can't wait to look back in
1: another year from now, Matt. From a year ago when we were talking about, you know, how this team was formed, and they're still, you know, a couple of years away from maybe being a complete blow up with no future. Like Clippers gonna clip. I, I gotta say it. It's been a while since I've said it, Matt. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that's enough Clippers talk. We shouldn't slander them too much.
0: Well, the last thing that we should say is that they did end up getting Kawhi back, re-signed, which is a big win for them, keeping Kawhi with Paul George. Um, Not to anybody's um, prediction, right? Everyone thought he was going to sign a one-and-one and then opt for the Supermax next year. No, he went Supermax this year. He tried to cash in on the bag. Does that hint at severe injury trouble for him? it's a combination of things
1: right for me i think maybe it it is to say like media can you stop like i wanted to be in la that's what Kawhi is saying like he wanted to be here he wanted to be there for his family he's getting his bag he's signing his contract because he doesn't plan on leaving but on the other hand it is the he is injury prone we've seen it throughout his career right like Kawhi, why did you leave we took care of you we gave you a championship but it, it really might show that there could be something lingering there could be something underneath and
0: Poor Clippers, man. Poor Clippers. Ah, oh, I don't even feel that bad for them, man. Don't come to our games and poach our star player, okay? On our championship season. Don't do it. Beautiful, man. Exactly. NBA gods getting karma at you, okay? Yo, Baldo <laughs> do lie. I, I
1: truly believe in, in ball do lie after that. But, Matt, let's talk about some more extensions because there was a few. Let's start with the big boy, the really big one, Joel Embiid. 196 million dollar Supermacht that he apparently negotiated himself like yeah, I heard buddy. these rumors like he doesn't have the stipulations from his last contract that were like he lost money because of injuries because everyone was like you know he is that big injury prone guy and for him mm-hmm. to get this contract that he's got his guaranteed money for the 76ers to show that they're backing him that he is their star he is who they want to follow like it's big for Philadelphia fans, but also it's like, Ben Simmons, who wants him? Where is he going? Like, there's still this massive toss-up. This team is in such a weird place.
0: I think it was, it was a pretty obvious decision for Philadelphia to re-sign him after the postseason that they had. Oh, yeah. Um, even if they want to publicly say that they still like Ben Simmons and that they could potentially keep him uh, to kind of build up his value in trade talks. We all know Joel Embiid is the leader of that team. He called out Ben Simmons after they lost that series. He was quite upset. Doc Rivers called out Ben Simmons. So, if you have two all star top 15, I mean, Joel Embiid's probably a top five player. You got to go and, and pay the man, especially if you're going to get rid of the other top 20 player on your team. So. It's a no-brainer to me to re-sign a guy like Joel Embiid. If his injury history wasn't so extensive, he might have even gotten more money because he could have potentially won an an NBA MVP award. Maybe he, you know, does a little bit more in his rookie season and runs rookie of the year and gets some more accolades to bump up that money. But that's true, man. No-brainer for Joel Embiid. I take him at that price tag any day of the week.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that comment because, like, I feel like Luca just signed a bigger contract. Like, I
0: may be. Yeah, I think I'm did. right. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's, kind of,
1: it's kind of crazy when most people would want Joel Embiid for what he's proven, for the capabilities of a center, for what he can provide in the league. But then the other conversation is like Luca is a completely different player. He provides also completely different things. And also, he's the guy that I would take. Because, I mean, you yeah. know, I love Luca, right? Obviously. So, really interesting. You know, Clippers. I mean, sorry, 76ers. I was about to say 76ers going a 76er, but.
0: I think they're they're better than that, you know? (laughs) No, man. I think they've done a really good job uh, turning it around from the the Sam Heineke years, um, where they've now built a a solid NBA roster that's that's contending year in and year out. I like Tobias Harris. I think he's a great player. Um, And I think if they can get the Ben Simmons trade right, they'll be right back in the conversation for a championship next year.
1: I think Tobias is also great off the court. Like, I think he provides a lot for that locker room for a lot of the young players in the room, so I think that's also why he's a fantastic piece. That's why maybe him and Jimmy Butler didn't exactly mesh, but I I don't know. That's just me just coming things out of my brain when they show up, but, Matt, let's move on to talk about the Celtics so we can get that out of the way because it's Boston, but Marcus Smart. Four years, $77 million. A lot of fans don't love it. I mean, it's a pretty good price tag for a guy that has crazy moments, has good defense, maybe is falling off this year, but that's kind of only what I've heard through the grapevine, but for 77 million to get a wing defender who can also shoot threes at a decent clip, not a bad considering what the going
0: rate for is in the NBA right now. And he's also the type of player that elevates his game in the playoffs. So, yeah, you're talking about a lot of money for a regular season performer who is probably the fourth or fifth best guy on your team. He, yes, he provides solid wing defense, especially for how small he is, and he's a streaky shooter. But those streaks seem to get really hot in the playoffs. I mean, a couple of years ago against the Raptors, he was one of the only reasons him and Tatum, why they were beating us. there were that game, I think uh, was it game two in the series when we went down 02. He hit like five three pointers in a span in the third of, quarter. Yeah, in, like, four or five minutes, too. It was nuts. So he's the type of guy that can do that for you in big, big moments.
1: He he shows up with some, like, prime Lou Williams shooting in the playoffs just for, like, little stretches and is the defender that he is. So it's pretty good sometimes. So that's why, like, on the one hand, without a ton of knowledge, you know, I can't say it's bad that Celtics fans, or at least a certain group of them, are upset about this contract they don't like it for smart and as someone who has watched smart absolutely decimate my dreams in certain times like hey man good for you to get your
0: contract amen <laughs> yeah man he is a raptor killer and at the end of the day he's making less than 20 million dollars a season in the nba that is pretty reasonable um who was it when uh the nba got big money was it matthew de vadova He signed like for $15 million each season. So if you're getting Marcus Smart around that price, um, Um, you're doing better than than some teams. So,
1: I mean, we can talk about Terry Rozier and the Hornets. Four year, $97 million max contract for this guy. He's great. Scary Terry. He does some wild things for a Hornets team that I don't know if they need him anymore, but for him to get almost $100 million. Like the guy's twenty six, twenty seven, I think. Like I, I like the player. Terry is a is a is a serviceable piece that fits into the to certain rosters the right way. Like you know, you, 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 I think he'd be great if Westbrook wasn't around. If he didn't exist, he'd be great on the Lakers, for example. At a, not that contract though, but
0: I don't know, Matt. I don't know. I'm just gambling now. No, I think he's got a decent contract. Uh, I, it's the NBA, man. Guys who can put in 20 points a game and average around four assists and four rebounds a game, which is almost exactly what he did this year on good steals and low turnovers, are going to make money. Um, He averaged 20.5 points a game this year on 45% shooting, almost 40% from three, um, like 81, 82% from the line. That's good, man. I That's mean, really good stats. They did also, I guess, decide with
1: Devontae Graham leaving that there's going to be more opportunities for Terry to touch the ball. So his numbers should at least stay where they were with the opportunities that he will have with this team. So I guess, you know, you're make, you're, you're convincing me here a little bit more, but just the, the, the segue had to be there considering the contracts. And when you think about players, a couple years ago, like four years ago, however long you would think about it, you would never say that
0: Scary Terror would be making a hundred million dollars on a contract. In my opinion. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's making twenty million dollars more over the four years, so that's an extra five million dollars a year on his contract over Smart. Is he worth that over Smart? That's the biggest thing. And I, I think he slightly is. Um, he offers you more offense, he lowers on, on defense, but he's a better shooter, he's a he's a more efficient player. Yeah. So yeah he's worth that extra money but they're pretty similar players in terms of what they provide in terms of the value to a to a championship level roster so yeah they're they're making good money and they're in they're in the nba bro yeah, yeah it's the teeter-totter
1: right of the defense versus offense of making money where you can have these players that make the same amount of money or a certain amount depending on how much defense or offense is a part of what they provide on the court but Man, I think that's all for extensions for me. Like obviously I'll bring up the fact that Donus Haslam is coming back for the Heat once again. I don't know if it's just nineteen seasons now that he's been playing with this organization,
0: but the Mans wants to try to get a ring and the Heat are in a decent spot right now. Dude, he's been a part of uh every time they've been to the NBA Finals. He was a part of that D Wade team that got a ring. He was a part of the 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 LeBron teams that got rings he was part of that last run to the NBA Finals against the Lakers he's thinking he's seeing Kyle Lowry come out here and he's like oh my chance my chance for the last ring
1: guy wants to be a like a multi-generational Heat legend for all of the Heat fans kids to grow up and always see Haslam up there with all the stars that rotate in hey man all for him the guy is a legend in my eyes
0: yeah I mean not to the extent that a guy like D Wade is but hey if you're going to get your name up there with him, that's some impressive stuff in an NBA career.
1: I mean, everybody likes to believe that they were the stud, like the 4-5 with the 1-2-3 super teams,
0: right? So, hey, good uh, for yeah. him. <laughs> awesome, man. Do you want to talk about the Christmas games that are coming out? The NBA released that schedule.
1: I mean, I, I just want to bring them up real quick because I think that the NBA did a pretty decent job with some of these matchups, like obviously having Hawks-Knicks having trey return to the garden is fantastic you know boston bucks like that's a rivalry that we've seen have different sides of the coin over the past three four years right golden state versus phoenix like i think that that's a fun matchup of like the really hot states that have some really great shooting and obviously paul george and and steph curry like prime aged guard matchup and then we keep rolling along like nets versus the lakers you gotta have a matchup of those stars having kevin durant having lebron with westbrook against them like chef's kiss nba for that and then obviously to follow it up with two teams that i think a lot of people are controversially saying that maybe don't deserve a christmas game is the mavs jazz but like luke is the face of the future of the nba and the jazz are the current best team in the nba like stop it fans from the regular season yeah exactly stop it
0: fans you can't be like this the one guy who got kind of subbed out and and gypped is uh Nikola Jokic in the Denver Nuggets a former MVP not getting a a Christmas Day game it's been a while since that's happened so no that's definitely Dirk Nowitzki back in the day so yeah it's been a been a wild time
1: I mean I've seen a lot of like snubbing of the Denver Nuggets right now, like people leaving them off like the big tier lists. When they put big threes together, they say they're not as good. You know, they'll compare, like they'll say that injuries aren't the biggest of deals, but, you know, the Nuggets aren't as good because of Jamal's injury. Like I've seen a lot of that. So there's definitely been, you know, a situation in in the worldwide media of just saying that, you know, the Denver Nuggets aren't going to be as good. I mean, I got a lot of faith in the man.
0: Yeah, last time we saw Jamal Murray in the playoffs, man, he looked like a young Michael Jordan. So uh, Ugh, that's just amen. some cr- some some craziness out of the NBA, right? You, it's all about what you did for me lately. They always forget about the two year past. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited for the Denver Nuggets this season, man. I think they're gonna have a great team. So
1: okay, okay, so let's talk about some opening games, like the actual opening day games before we roll into Raptors chat because we got it, October 19th. The NBA is going to start. It's that weird thing where they only have two games to start. I feel like they always do this, Matt. I don't know if yeah. if this is just yeah, this is my brain now, right? But I think some great choices. Like we have obviously potentially the championship decider rematch from this playoffs that we just watched of Bucks versus Nets. Like that Toe mat was this close. This oh, yeah. close to sending the Nets through and potentially getting KD another championship. And then on the other side, you have Golden State versus Lakers, the most hype watched game in for in like forever when it happened in the play in. Like, I think the NBA is getting pretty good. Like, I'm like Adam Silver is uh, making some smart decisions over there.
0: Yeah, that's schedule makers. He's got a, a pulse on what the NBA fans want to see, and he's he's providing it. Man, Steph Curry with Klay Thompson back oh, against LeBron James and that new roster, that's gonna be very fun to watch. Um, getting excited for the start of the season. It were. I guess less than two months away at this point, which is kind of insane. Keep it quiet; the girls might hear
1: you. Don't let them know that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely nuts, considering it just ended a, a, a like a month ago, month and a half. So, love the short NBA off seasons. Gonna gonna miss it when it goes back into the regular swing of things, man. Uh, but I do want to talk about the summer league that happened too, my friend, because yeah. the Sacramento Kings and Davion Mitchell won. But there were some standout performances across the board. I mean, this kid Cam Thomas, the twenty seventh overall pick in this draft, averaged the third highest points per game average in summer league history with twenty seven points a game. Do you think he's gonna be a massive steal for that Nets roster? I mean,
1: anything is possible with the opportunities and if he's willing to be like a man, the man in that you know, with with the players around them, it could be good. For me, Matt, it was the dunks the dunking that i saw across this entire summer league like everybody was going out there and trying to put on a play we saw some of the crazy things i mean i'm pretty sure scotty tried to throw down one of the most ridiculous dunks i've ever seen and just barely missed it but it was a lot of fun to watch the games that we watched
0: yeah absolutely and the fact that um so many of these young players get to show out um, all these guys are getting recognized. I mean, your first team, all summer league rosters. Some of these guys you would not have expected to be there. Guys like Peyton Pritchard, Jalen Smith, uh, Jalen Johnson, Trey Murphy the third, Cam Thomas. I mean, picking him at twenty seventh overall, nobody expected him to be there. Uh, Davion again, another co-MVP. He almost fell out of the top 10. And then you got a last year uh, guy who almost fell out of the top 10 and Obi Toppin, too, showing out. So lots and lots of uh, young studs getting recognized. And then I think the second team, they went with a little bit more name brand recognition at Green and Cunningham. But they did get Garza, Paul Reed, and Patrick Williams in there as well. All oh. deserving. Garza's amazing. Peyton Pritchard, the, the dunk that he threw down. Oh. MVP
1: dunk of the Summer League. Go look it up. You can't miss it. It's disgusting. But yeah, man, a, a lot of interesting names. A lot of kids. I can say kids, right? I'm old now. A lot of kids yeah. that showed up and, and proved why they deserve to be on rosters. Like, LeAngelo Ball, while he didn't put up a great number of points, the guy had some big moments and kind of proved why he thinks he should be in the
0: NBA because he came out and, like his father, said that he deserves to be in the NBA. He he showed that he can fit into a system he can play a certain style and can hit the shots that are left open to him which is what he needed to prove because he's not going to be a primary ball handler like his brothers he's going to be an off guard he's going to be somebody who's a spot-up shooter and if he can prove that he can do that be a good team guy be a good work ethic guy why wouldn't an nba roster have him?
1: sky is the limit right okay matt it's got to be Raps Chat time because we're talking about trying to fill out rosters, trying to figure out who's going to do what. And we're in such a weird position because I was trying to do my 1-10 to ten because I think we're doing a 10-man a rotation this year. I think that's what Nurse is going to pull out. I don't think he's going to be doing his 8s and 9s like we've seen in the past. And with so much talent that we have at like the kind of end of our roster, not like star-studded amazing talent, but good NBA-level talent, I'm excited to see the guys at the end of our bench fight for minutes and fight to prove why they belong on this roster because Nick Nurse is the type of coach that if you are giving hustle, if you're putting in defense, and that's what a lot of these guys have, is good defensive consistency, they're going to get minutes. So it's going to be really fun this season to watch this team come together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got some some really good options. It's pretty evident at the top who our, our four or five most important players are going to be this season. Um, you know, Freddie, Siakam, OG, Boucher, Gary Trent Jr. But then it starts to get um, pretty kind of uh, murky back there. I really loved what Scotty Barnes showed in, in yep. Summer League. He averaging 15.5 points, 6.8 rebounds, 3.2 assists, with a steal in two blocks a game over five games. His efficiency wasn't great, but. As the guy who was initiating the offense for much much of the tournament and told to kind of go out and hunt his shot, Mm -hmm. I really liked what I saw from the young kid there.
1: I mean, Scotty's future for me is really up in the air. Like, I'm kind of hoping to see a season much like OG's rookie year. I think he put up something like nine points, had like four or five rebounds. But I think Scotty has more uh, assist potential like he he can have a little bit more playmaking at the start of his career and i hope to just see him come in and be able to have his defensive abilities you know come into the nba and still be useful because he showed some great prowess his hustle he obviously cares but you're right he sits in that weird hover position of that i'm gonna say potentially four through seven on our on our roster because guys like gary trent jr are up there i think boucher is still a serviceable piece Flynn proved himself in the the Summer League as well, and I mean, I haven't even mentioned Precious Chiwa, who I think has potential to fight for more center minutes than a lot of people believe because, while Kem Birch probably has that on lock at the beginning of the season. That's it, right? We have to figure out what players are going to do, and I mean, last
0: year we had Aaron Baines, so uh,
1: we're doing better than that, right?
0: Absolutely doing better than Aaron Baines, man. I really like what I saw from Precious in the Summer League. I think he showed out, um, but you're right, uh, Birch is gonna be ahead of him on the depth chart, so is Boucher, so he's gonna be fighting for those minutes, Utah Wananabe can, can kind of slide into the boy. center role, um, I, I like what he showed at the Olympics being Japan's number two, kind of 1B, um really I'm sure helps him in his development and being aggressive when he gets back to the NBA so I'm excited for it
1: I really enjoyed his leadership that I got to see with the Japanese team because obviously you know I was paying hard attention that was my team even though I knew they weren't going to go far I was hardcore supporting them and I'm I'm excited to watch him come back because I know that he will be a part of the roster whether he's fighting for five to ten minutes at the end of the bench or whether he is communicating with guys throughout the game, like trying to give little hints here and there to things that he's seeing, he understands what it means to be part of an organization, and I think Utah proved last year that he's willing to fit into whatever role he needs to be, and I mean, we pay him a decent amount of money to do that, and I'm happy, happy to do that.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's, a, it's a nice piece. Um, to, to have at the end of your bench A guy who gives 100% effort At, at 100% of the time um, Who's He's a stud man, I like what he brings um, He's not going to be a, An NBA All-Star anytime soon But I like what he brings As a, as a back of the rotation piece A uh, guy that we haven't mentioned at Factoring at all into this Who he's probably going to factor In somewhere, especially at the beginning of the season Is Goran Dragic man I think he has the potential to be one of our five best players if he sticks around. But I also think that we definitely need to move him and get a younger piece that fits into this timeline.
1: I could see us coming out and starting the season with him playing 15 minutes. Every game. Just to have him play his rotation, have him... Elevate the young kids around him because that's what a point guard is supposed to do, and he has experience doing that. I could see him coming out doing that, playing 20, 35 games for us, and then the right trade comes around. I could see him playing five minutes to 25 minutes, depending on where he wants to do what he wants to play. Because if the guy comes out and is putting in points and helping us win games, we're going to play him. At the end of the day, Matt, we are still a team that is going to be fighting. For the playoffs, fighting for championship caliber, you know, aspirations because that's what we've built. That's what Masai wants. That's what we're going to do. And it's up to Drogic to decide what he wants to be. But I, I mean, you know, I want to play the young kids. I want to give them their opportunities to shine. I want to let their stats get quote unquote padded because I think the young kids, when they see a decent stat line under the name, they feel better. Right? Coming out and playing Absolutely. 15 minutes. Means nothing to a kid if he comes out and could play eight, nine, ten minutes and have twice the number of rebounds, you know, and a couple extra assists, a steal,
0: a block like that means a lot to these young rookies coming into the league. To be a primary piece when they're on the floor, yeah, it'll, it'll help their development. It'll push along. Um, talk about the NBA forgetting about what players do. I mean, nobody really wants to trade for Goran Dragic, even though he's two years removed from being the second best player on that Heat team. Easily. Third best, I guess, if you want, if you want to say Bam was above him, him and Butler, but I don't think Bam was necessarily as important throughout the entire playoff run. He was more important in the Milwaukee series, but throughout the entire playoff run, I think Dragic was their leading scorer over Jimmy Butler. So you have this this guy who could definitely be a major piece to a roster. We've just got to get him to the right situation and get the right pieces back. I mean, not. Uh... The funny thing is you
1: say that but i kind of already love the pieces that we have on the team that's the best part like i love that you bring up bam because i feel like we have an opportunity to play bam like center minutes on this team with what precious has proven boucher is a different kind of bam with what he provides as a non-traditional rolled center i think scotty could play the five in the same way that we've seen og and pascal play the five in certain times that's the beauty we have this we have this weird switchable ball that i think nurse is going to have an absolute time getting to figure out what is best for us like i was trying to pull up starting fives for us and you know the fact that scotty could fit into three four positions the fact that fred can be two positions og can play four positions pascal can play three positions like I love the versatility of our team. I love the limitless possibilities of our team. And if Birch can be an actual consistent starting center and we don't have to worry about needing all of this extra non-traditional center minutes, Matt, wow, I love our team. We're a lot better than maybe I thought we were a
0: couple of days ago. Well, you talk about the center minutes and the, the BAM style that we're going to have to play because Boucher is our biggest center and he is not... A big NBA Center he's maybe a power forward and he's even small for the power forward position because of how thin he is yeah a guy like OG and, and Pascal and Barnes and even birch I mean birch is only six eight man yeah he doesn't wide... seem like it
1: on the court though right
0: yeah he because he's he got bounce and he's got size um like, like thickness to him mm. which helps him against other NBA centers but at the end of the day he's not your prototypical center we don't have one on the roster and so we can play these long switchable lineups which i think is going to be um the secret to our season and the secret to our success if we do have any is our defense is going to be switch 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 and we'll be able to get some some threes and transition buckets. I don't know if we'll be able to, to score in the half court. I think that's <laughs> plagued us the past few years anyways. I think it's also going to be a struggle this year. And that's why I'm hoping a guy like Drogic can help that. But at the end of the day, we're going to be a transition and D team, which has been our identity for the for the that's last true. few seasons anyways.
1: That's a nice thing. We don't have to flip too much of what we are. I have a lot of hope for Gary. I have a lot of hope for Gary Trent Jr. If he and maybe OG can keep shooting threes and get open at a crazy clip, if they can come in and be some offensive juggernauts for us just in terms of shooting scoring, right? Because we don't have a lot of shooting depth. We have a lot of guys that are quote-unquote capable of knocking down shots, but we don't have a lot of pure, pure scorers. Freddie can do that, but right now he's going to have to do a lot of ball handling. He's going to have to do a lot of control and leadership of what we're doing on the court. So I have a lot of hope for a guy like Gary to come in and just absolutely get open and nail shots, a la Clay Thompson style. But
0: will it happen? Well, you know what I like to say, Matt. Time will tell. Absolutely, man. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting seasons in a while for the Raptors. I. I honestly believe that they're gonna be fighting in for that wild card spot. Even though I'd prefer them probably to be in the lottery again, you know, get another co-running mate next to Scotty Barnes and, and OG and Anobi and Gary Trent for the future. But hey, I'll take competitive basketball any day of the week.
1: You and me love competitive basketball. I mean, with Masai and his reported five year, fifteen million a year deal, I mean the guy is now gonna be the vice chairman, right? The as guy he as he should, exactly, but for him to come out in, in, in recent times and say the words, he feels like he is home forever. I mean, you gotta love to hear that as a Raptors fan who has been holding out for Maasai information time after time after time again. Matt, I, I don't care what anybody says about our off season, it's an A plus because Maasai is back. Let's go.
0: Yeah. We keep Maasai, we keep the dream alive, so that, that's all that really matters, man. You want to do some hot takes and mystic predictions?
1: The last thing before that is I want to say that uh, MLSE just came out and said that fans and staff have to be either fully vaccinated or have a negative test, which gives me hope, even though it hasn't been 100% reported, that the Raptors are back in Scotiabank for the season. It's happening, man. I'm that's just going to cool. say it right now. That's my hot take. You know, I wasn't sure. I was teetering on something else, but that's my hot take. It's not that hot. The Raptors because... are back. Raps are back in Toronto next season. I can't wait to see it.
0: Hey man, I love it. And going from one team that's coming back to a team that's currently playing in the city, the the Blue Jays, man, we got them back in the city. They've got the seventh best run differential in the MLB, but they are four games back of that wild card spot. And I don't, I don't think they're gonna make it, man. Behind Vladdy's MVP heroics, they're gonna come up short for that final wild card spot. The Toronto Blue Jays are gonna miss the playoffs even with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. probably being the best player in baseball right now. Maybe behind Shohei Otani, but probably one to.
1: I'm really hoping that my grandma can't hear you right now because that's something that she does not want to hear at this moment. But hey, Blue Jays are in a weird place and we will see.
0: Yeah, absolutely, my friend. (sighs) Too bad that it's their best season in a while and this is how it goes down. I mean, the Yankees, the, the Sox, and Tampa are all such... Great teams, and they're all in our division. Hey, maybe there
1: will be more future, you know, playoff baseball for us to watch, Matt. I'm thinking back to the last time you and I were partying when the Blue Jays were in the playoffs. Like, yeah, that was a good time, but
0: I don't want to go too far into the past, Matt. Anything else today? Are we good? Hype, man! That Texas game. Oh, so hype! Well, thanks everybody
1: for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.